Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. And welcome to episode 262 of Geek Town Radio. I'm back this week with... Kitty, kitty, kitty. Bex, how are you doing? Hey, I'm good. <laughs> how are you doing? I'm Enjoying well. the weather? Yes, yes, melting in my little home studio, yes. <laughs> What a world, what a world. Yes, it is. A, it's generally, generally the start of everything I do at the moment is, hi, yes, we're British. We're now going to complain about the two <laughs> days of sun we have in the entire year. Yes, wouldn't complain at all if I was somewhere nice like California or, you know, but yes, over here. Are you saying your back garden is not equivalent to, uh, to California? Sadly, no. Equivalent to the sort of Amazon jungle, maybe, but <laughs> less, less so California. Fair enough. Well, clearly... What you need is uh, is a VR helmet and yes. then to sit in the garden, yes. but with uh, Google Earth. Sort of sat on the beach, yeah. Cheaper yeah. and safer than flying. Just pretend I've sat on a California beach somewhere, yes. Just get some sand from the local builder's merchant. <laughs> you can sit that under your feet. You've got the yeah. sun. Get a paddling pool. Like, I, just, I don't have to spell it out for you. You, can, <laughs> you know, this is how you do proper, you know, 4, 5D, immersive, 6D, 7D, <laughs> all of the D, you know. <laughs> That's how you make it work. Then free holiday. Yeah, well, it's safer than flying. In fact, the only place I'm probably going to get to go this year. So apart from imagining being on a beach, how has your week been? What have you been up to? Well, it's going to get more interesting after this because I need to go to the builder's merchant and buy some sand. But <laughs> <laughs> it's been a good, a good, fun week. I finally, well, I finished, I finished playing Limbo. Oh, yes. Did you actually was, finish Limbo then? Or just I did finish, finish Limbo. It's right. not, it's not a huge game. No, so I know. It's, it's not that long to, to finish it. Um, I did very much enjoy it. I then spent kind of a few days deciding whether or not I liked the ending. Right. Because obviously it's a game about being in limbo, so it doesn't have a kind of big climatic story-driven ending. And I was like, this ending's perfect for the game, but at the same time, yes. not quite what I thought it was going to be, but at the same time, kind of perfectly fits with the theme of the entire game. So that I went round and round about that for a yeah. little bit. Um, but I, I did enjoy it. It was good fun. And people seem to very much enjoy watching me falling off things into buzz saws and um, <laughs> generally into pits and things. Chased by the giant spiders. Yes. Yeah. The wonderfully bru- brutal sort of shadow puppet style, sort yeah. of cartoony, but somehow still terrifying animation that that game has. But of course, with games that involve a lot of timing and platforming, every time you look over at chat, <laughs> you look away from the game and then you've fallen off something and you've been sawed into tiny little silhouetted pieces. So right, yes. That, that was good fun. And I have started for the for the Tuesday games uh, and, a new game, which is also one that's been on the list for a while, which is the wonderful joy that is Untitled Goose Game. Yes, I haven't played this yet. I've seen clips of it and it seems utterly ridiculous. <laughs> it's so amazing. It is deserving of all the awards it won and all the praise it received. It's by House House. It's an indie game where uh, you are in a nice, lovely village and you are a horrible goose. I have renamed the game to Metal Goose Solid. (laughs) (laughs) That that would be a very good game. Yeah, yeah. This is a strategy stealth game, effectively. Mm. You're just a a cartoon goose running around and honking at people and nicking their stuff. But it it is a stealth game. (laughs) Right. Uh, The mechanics are stealth. 
sneak around village, don't get spotted, steal people's stuff, follow missions you have on your little notepad. Um, <laughs> so it is it is a stealth tactics game, effectively, but you're a comedy mean goose. And I might have spent a lot of time just stealing people's stuff and throwing it in the river and then honking <laughs> at them. I, I also stupidly gave my Twitch viewers the power to redeem a channel point reward thing. So you get little points for watching on Twitch right. and you can give little rewards. So I have one where I will pour them a cup of totally not tea. I've got one where they can make me wear bunny rabbit ears or cat ears or something for 10 minutes, uh, which is very expensive for good reason after the seven and a half hours they made me wear the <laughs> first time because apparently I didn't remember to set a cool down. But I set one just for the Untitled Goose game on the Tuesdays where they can make me just run around honking at people and being irritating for 10 seconds. Right. Okay. Fair enough. That somewhat slows <laughs> that... down the stealth aspect of the gameplay, but very, very funny. <laughs> you see, you should have one that's sort of 10 times that where you've got to do that in person. <laughs> no, because they would redeem it immediately. Some of these people have hundreds of thousands of channel points. I know. Because I didn't get around to setting anything interesting with them for the first year of being on Twitch. So <laughs> people have just I just keep underestimating how many people have got saved up. Yeah, heads the seven and a half hours of having to wear the bunny ears. I had to wear those to the supermarket. Well, yes. Isn't there something relating to a unicorn onesie that you have to wear to a supermarket as well? I don't have to wear it yet. <laughs> yes. However, when I set the... I, I, I said, because obviously I've just finished my Samaritans fundraiser where yes. the, the well wonderful, wonderful people around me raised... 4,115 I think it was in the end Jeez. pounds for Samaritans and they immediately as soon as because somebody very kindly very kindly sent me a unicorn onesie because that's what I need right now in this weather of course and <laughs> it, it's beautiful and rainbow and the opposite of everything dark and goth that is me it, it is however very soft and nice um, <laughs> and immediately everyone said so what do we need to do to make you wear this outside <laughs> in public and then they decided this was to the supermarket to buy unicorn coloured food like rainbow cupcakes and right yes that makes roast, sense you know? and then immediately it was added to that where somebody said well if you just went to Aldi or Asda or something no one would blink so they went well <laughs> so you've got to wear it to like a posh supermarket like M&S or Waitrose <laughs> where they look at me funny for having blue hair let alone going in there and yeah, yeah. eat rainbow coloured pastel unicorn onesie so it's been decided that I will donate half of all my Streamlabs tips that come into the RSPCA for cruelty to unicorns. Um, <laughs> and if we hit a certain total on top of donating 50% of the tips, I will video myself in a posh supermarket buying unicorn food in a unicorn. I don't want to, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the things you do. I don't get a choice. You do. I'm... It's your stream. You do get a choice. <laughs> You'd think. I'm still playing Alien Isolation, mate. Yeah, that's it's your own fault. <laughs> I, I thought Twitch streaming was me entertaining some people and then I thought maybe it was a, a democracy and now I realise it's not even a democracy and I'm definitely not in charge. <laughs> well, yes, that is true. <laughs> so, that, so that's fun. I'm really hoping we raise like one pound under the required total because I, I want to help charity. As soon as I put charity into the mix and I'm like, well, now I want to help the charity but equally i don't want to wear the unicorn onesie to the supermarket <laughs> i don't even eat party rings i won't even be able to eat the cupcakes <laughs> that is true as well yes because of your various allergies you wouldn't be able to eat the stuff you're buying which is rather unfortunate just, I, I will just i will donate it to a neighbor's kids or something you know? yes regardless i will melt i will die it's yeah. going to be terrible apparently it's going to be hilarious as well so it, I have it will be. yes don't worry um, if if you get to the point where you're a one pound under I, I'm sure I can spare a pound to push it over. <laughs> and I'm sure I will never appear on this podcast again. Uh, could you not just date 99p if I'm proud of it? <laughs> maybe, maybe be, I'll do that. Yeah, that would be really, that would be kind. That would be the kind thing to do. You know, I'm just, just saying. I also really want to see you shopping at that onesie. <laughs> but, but anyway. This is, not, this is not how I imagined my career as a professional presenter, to be, to be honest. Um, I should have known better. I yes. I should have known better. Um, that's generally been my life as well as that I finally have finished watching Good Omens on Amazon oh, Prime oh brilliant yes so uh, what did you think I really like it yeah it's been a long time since I read the book but to me although there were differences I felt like there was a lot of the spirit in there and obviously Neil Gaiman was involved in 
various stages of production as well. So I felt like there was a lot of the the spirit of the booking there. I really loved the casting. I thought it was perfect. I'm generally a fan of, of Dave Tennant anyway, but I did really love the casting. I thought the way the characters played off each other was all really nicely balanced. There was chemistry in places there was supposed to be chemistry. There was genuine friendship bonds that you could feel between people that were supposed to be friends. The kids and things who were the, the actors, they all did really well. Yeah. Because it's quite a difficult thing because you are, there are elements of dry comedy and satire and playing things straight that are very ridiculous and they did really well at balancing all of those elements and I enjoyed the way they envisioned the different, different especially I think more so with the sort of heaven offices and bureaucracy yeah. than with the sort of underground hell type locations. Um, I like the fact that, that one looked like it you know, belonged to a nice big corporate office and the other one was very cramped and that they got that kind of opposites feeling to it. Um, but yeah, I, I did enjoy that. I thought they fleshed out the world very, very well. So yeah, I think the only thing I kind of vaguely wondered with it, with the way they presented it was after they'd sort of done the, I don't know, can I give away spoilers? I don't even know. It's a very early spoiler. It's right at the beginning of the show. That yeah, and it's been out a while, so you should be okay. Yeah, it's not a spoiler. It's really early in the show that two babies get swapped and the wrong one is thought to be yeah. the, the ant. Christ, so that's not really a spoiler. But I would have liked to have known a little bit more about what happened to the other kid. Right, yeah. Because obviously they, they weren't our main character, but they were yeah, yeah. shown. You know, I would like to know what kind of happened to them. Were there any consequences on them? Were they just, they just seemed to be abandoned when it was discovered they weren't actually the Antichrist. And I would have liked to have had a little idea at the end of what happened to them. Did mm. they become a better person? Did they take over their, their parents' empire? Like, it would have been nice to know what was, was there any redemption arc for a child yeah. who was being influenced and raised as if they were going to be the Antichrist, but actually he was just a normal average kid. Yeah, yeah. I know what you mean, because you do see a bit of it, but you don't see that much of it. It would be nice to have yeah, known a bit Yeah, it was just a little bit of a, a loose end. It's like, do we just assume that kid grew up to be a bit of a, a what's it? You know, yeah, just yeah, got yeah. a fairly meaningless but very rich human being, or did they actually have a true nature that when they weren't being influenced by people to become the Antichrist, where they might have turned out to be nice? Like, it just, they just kind of vanished from the plot, and it was difficult. There's a lot of things they're trying to fit in there. Yeah. That just felt like a sort of unfinished thread. That was the only thing where I felt like, well, I don't know what happened to this person. And it would have been nice to just have had a little nod to say, actually, maybe without the influences on them, turned out to be nice, perhaps. Yes, it would have been interesting to see a bit more there. Yeah. Yeah, that was my only complaint, I think, though, which, you know, complaints wise, because it's obviously been done in order to make the runtime and the series very tight and keep focus on the correct places. It's not really that much of a complaint. I can't see anything else that stood out to me as a negative at all. Yeah, it's really enjoyable. I mean, and if you like that, two things you should probably go watch next. Staged on BBC iPlayer if you've not watched that, because that's basically David Tennant and Michael Sheen bantering backwards and forwards in the context of those stage shows oh, they were supposed yeah. to be putting on. I, this is on my list of things I should have seen and haven't got around to seeing. Yeah, yes. I, I think because it kind of went out fairly quickly, I think people forget about it. But it is, as far as I'm aware, it's still on iPlayer. It's fairly short because they're only 15-minute episodes, but it is one of the funniest things I've seen all the year so far. David Tennant and Michael Sheen doing a play which was supposed to go on and then lockdown happened, so they're all sort of stuck and trying to rehearse inside their own homes with this fairly incompetent director. It's hilarious, and I suspect a lot of the stuff which is conversations between the two of them over sort of Zoom meetings was probably ad but it is really really funny and uh, well well worth going to watch so there's that and if you like the heaven bureaucracy stuff Miracle Workers is the first season of that which is Steve Buscemi and Daniel Radcliffe the entire premise is, is based around set in heaven Steve Buscemi plays God and he's kind of checked out of the whole Earth thing. He's more interested in his hobbies. He's not entirely sure whether Earth is worth saving anymore. And Daniel Radcliffe plays an angel who is trying to convince God that the Earth and humans are worth keeping around. That's the sort of setup for that. But the entire thing is set up like this a bureaucracy. And it's brilliant. I love that version of it. It's really good. Yeah, I've seen a trailer for that one. That's another one on my list of things that I was quite curious curious to mm. to check out i wasn't sure like as much with that one although i do quite like daniel radcliffe he's, he's a good actor it is very funny yeah I, yeah. I, yeah I was always in two minds whether or not to watch the 
called something like Swiss Army Man, isn't it? Something like that. Yeah, Swiss Army Man. You're right. Yes. Yeah, people and are telling me it's brilliant, but a lot of the humour is not my kind of humour. But then I also want to watch it just because it's so different and left field. And it's on my list of things to watch when I've run out of other things to watch and I'm feeling in a slightly bizarre mood. I like the fact that he's picked some fairly odd off the wall films after the whole Harry Potter thing. Like he did Horns as well, which is a sort of weird Canadian-American horror movie. And, and he did that version of Victor Frankenstein as well. So there's, yeah, I like the fact that he's he's kind of decided yeah, to He just... definitely picks projects he thinks he believes in and feels will I think so, yeah. challenge him in some way. The same with the stage shows and, and things he's been involved with. Yeah. And I think that that makes him someone that could be an interesting, even though I'm not particularly interested in, in Harry Potter, I think him as an actor, mm. I think he generally picks these interesting projects and I should probably watch more of the things he's been in. Yes, definitely. So is that all your stuff? Uh, I'm very sad I haven't had time to watch The Umbrella Academy. That's probably... Oh, no. Yeah. (laughs) That's what I should be talking about right now. And what you're probably thinking is there must be another thing. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, I've I've not had time. Slightly frustrated about that because I've been waiting for the second series to come out since the first series ended and now haven't had time to watch it. I did binge through the entire thing in like two days. (laughs) Of course you did. Of course you did. Just to one-up me. Damn it. Yes, it's hilarious. It's as good as season one and well, well worth watching. I really, really enjoyed it. As we were talking about last week about weekly versus is box sets the only problem when they release box sets is i will binge through them if it's something that i really like i will just kind of go and binge through it in like two days and now i'm sad because i haven't got any more (laughs) whereas uh, i'm just trying to find the time to start watching it yes um as we've just sort of generally discussed between the two of us that i the weekly ones mean that i can go for three weeks and not get to see an episode yes so i don't get to binge watch stuff very often but if i do have a day like if i'm ill or if (laughs) if my something breaks and I can't work, you know, if a computer breaks or something, then I get to watch some episodes or something. So if there isn't a box set and I only get to get to a certain point in a series and then I can't watch any more and I'm like, I have no idea when I can watch some more of this, (laughs) damn you, then that's far more more frustrating for me. Yes. So I I prefer box sets because at some point I will get so exhausted from work I will need to stop, at which point I will get to binge watch through the Umbrella Academy and then there will be a lot of tweets of me going, yay! (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So there you are. For Daryl, our regular co-host who complained about the fact that there is unbalance towards weekly releases over box sets, (laughs) you're happy now. (laughs) You've got some balance there. Box sets Um, for the win. So, yes. No, I still like weekly releases. You you could watch it once a week. Well, yes, that is true. Sometimes I I do that. I watch it the way I want to watch it if it's weekly. Whereas you you could, what, what you need is some kind of nanny system installed on your computer that says now self-restraint yes (laughs) gone midnight it's a school night you're going to to bed I'm turning off Netflix you're going to bed (laughs) yes not the message that you get off Netflix that pops up after you've watched four episodes in a row that basically says just checking you're not dead are you still conscious (laughs) yes just checking you're still conscious so yes but in, in terms of stuff I've been doing work my way through Cursed which is another Netflix box set which is the Arthurian legend idea remixed in an entirely different way is essentially what that is so it stars Catherine Langford it's from Tom Wheeler and Frank Miller who's well known to comic book fans as the Frank Miller it's Catherine Langford who is in 13 Reasons Why who plays Nimu who goes on to become the Lady of the Lake but it's pretty much based around her and what they are calling the Sword of Power, which is obviously, I would assume, Excalibur. Otherwise, there's an epic bait and switch going on there. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Get to the end of the series and just be like, no, it's just it's a different sword. There's a lot of magic sword. swords going around. Yeah, you know? they're just <laughs> magic swords everywhere. I've watched the entire first season. I had started watching a f- few episodes a while ago and then you know things like The Umbrella Academy came out, so I, I kind of dropped it but I've gone back to it I really enjoyed the first series of this it's a very interesting mishmash of stuff it's the Arthurian legend but sort of set in a in a slightly more realistic type of 
world. So it is, you know, it's not like some mythical land. It's very much is supposed to be England. They've used bits of ancient British history, but obviously there are fairies and stuff like that. So obviously. So when I say it's sort of got some basis in history, it's got a very loose basis in history, but they have, you know, so there are Vikings in there. They mention Romans, the Catholic Church played quite a major part in it of the people that are chasing down and persecuting the Fey race. So sort of this interesting mix of a lot of different things filtered through a lens of something which is, you know, it's not like Merlin, it's not like a family drama, it's much more through a lens of something like Vikings or Britannia or, you know, one of those big epic shows. Catherine Langford is really watchable as the lead in it. I think Gustav Skarsgård, who plays Merlin, is fabulous. I would have liked to have seen a little bit more humour in places. It takes about three episodes for me to kind of find the groove it was going for before I kind of got where where they were heading with it. And once I kind of got into it, it worked really well. I like the fact that they have, have taken the various elements of the Arthurian legend and remixed it. So Arthur is in there, but he's a very different Arthur to the one you've seen. Some of the other Knights of the Round Table in there but they're very different versions of those characters you've got Merlin in there but he's essentially powerless for most of it and he's a drunkard so it's a sort of really interesting take on the whole Arthurian legend that you've probably not seen before and I thought they did a really good job of putting that all together it's a very interesting setup I don't know whether it's going to come back for a second season but it certainly could do very easily I think I'd be interested to see more I'm not sure whether this is your sort of thing or not I don't know. I've heard very mixed reports on it, so I'm unsure if it's going to get a second season because it seemed like a lot of people were unsure about it or just straight up didn't like it. But maybe that's because it took a little while to find its feet at the beginning. It's on my like reserve list of stuff to watch because it looks pretty interesting. I do quite like things to, based on myth and legend and fantasy and things, but it's definitely further down the list than watching season two of The Umbrella Academy. Yes. Yeah. I mean, by far, I enjoyed season two of The Umbrella Academy more. I possibly enjoyed Warrior Nun a bit more actually than this. I mean, I I thought this was interesting and quite an entertaining series, but in the grand scheme of all the sort of genre shows that they've released recently, it's probably third or fourth on my list. And that's not to say it's bad. I just preferred some of the others more. So I finished watching through that. I also watched the first few episodes of The Fugitive, which is a Quibi series. Now, having just said I prefer things released weekly, the Quibi series, I wish they did drop as box sets because each episode <laughs> is only 10 minutes long. So essentially, yeah. by dropping the first three episodes which I think they've only put three maybe four episodes out now they're really teasing that out and I know why they do it I mean in that particular case the problem with Quibi is if they dropped everything at once you could literally watch through all their content if you kind of made an effort within a week or two so they sort of have to drop things out weekly otherwise people would just kind of binge through everything and then turn the service off again I've watched the first couple of episodes that are up there it's sort of different difficult to judge because it is essentially half a film you're watching because it does play out like a movie but it is Kiefer Sutherland playing the FBI guy that's chasing down somebody who we obviously know has been wrongly accused of a crime that's played by Boyd Holbrook it isn't a direct copy of any of the versions we've seen before in this particular case it's an attack on New York and the man he's caught in the middle of the attack and they think that he's the person that perpetrated it and this big manhunt starts so the setup is slightly different but the basic premise is exactly as all the other fugitive things of man gets accused of something who he's wrongly accused an fbi guy chases him i am enjoying it so far i can't really judge it properly until that actually all is released because it kind of watching half a thing at the moment the other thing i watched was hello america which is a new show 
by Nish Kumar, also on Quibi. Nish Kumar's the guy that does the MASH report on BBC Two. And Hello America is basically MASH report, but chopped into 10 minute segments and aimed slightly more at an American audience, although they, they do relate it back to British politics as well. Just very funny. If you enjoy things like The Daily Show, the MASH report, uh, Last Week Tonight, you enjoy those sort of things, you'll like that. But that's on Quibi. And they're doing, I think, two episodes a week for that. And they're like little sort of eight, ten minute episodes. So that's quite enjoyable. Watch the second episode of Muppets now. And it's really fun. I really enjoy it. All I'll say for the second episode, Danny Trejo cooking with the Swedish chef. (laughs) (laughs) What could possibly go wrong? I love the celebrity stuff when they do that. And that was just hilarious. The first episode had Kermit interviewing RuPaul. Second episode has Danny Trejo cooking with the Swedish chef. It's Muppets back to being Muppets and not trying to be something that they're not. And I really enjoy that. It's very, very well worth it. I'm so glad it's good. I need to catch up and watch those. Yes, it is well, well worth watching. I think that's all the stuff we've been doing this week. Let's move on to some TV and film news. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. So we start off the TV and film news with renewals, cancellations and pickups. A few renewals for you. Love, Victor, which is the spin-off from the Love, Simon film. It airs on Hulu. I don't think Love, Victor's aired in the UK yet. It's a Hulu series, but that's been renewed for a second season. Miracle Workers, which I mentioned earlier, that has been renewed for a third season. I'm very interested to see what they do for the third season of that because it's an anthology series. So first series set in heaven, second series set in the dark ages and i love the second series as well so i'm very interested to see what they do with the third series of that it's also been revealed that in treatment which was this um psychology series starring gabriel byrne that looks like it's coming back for a fourth season it's not entirely clear whether it's going to be a reboot at the moment or whether it's going to be a continuation with gabriel byrne still in it but they are bringing that back for more episodes I think that's one of the things that's been resurrected due to the pandemic because most of it only involves one room and two or three people. So it seems like quite a good show that you could easily do quite safely. I think that's probably one of the reasons why they've decided to resurrect it. But that would be interesting to see when that comes back. And Amazon has renewed the Nazi hunter drama Hunters for a second season as well, which I haven't got around to watching the first season of this yet. But uh, that's the Al Pacino one set in the 70s with them hunting Nazis in New York which <laughs> looks kind of interesting, but I haven't got around to watching it. I know there was a huge amount of fan feedback on that that really enjoyed it when I posted the news that that had been renewed. So I'm very interested to see where that goes. Cancellations, Sirens, the sci-fi series, that's been cancelled after three seasons, so that will not be returning. Uh, I think we're still waiting for the third season to land over here, but uh, yes, that will be the final season. And High Fidelity, which was the Hulu series which had Zoe Kravitz in the leading role so they gender switched the main role from a male character that's been cancelled after one season apparently some pickups and advanced air dates Sky One have announced Discovery of Witches these uh, coming back for its second season in January 2021 I think it was November 2018 the first season of that came out so it's been a bit of a wait for uh, people for that I don't know whether you saw any of this I've not seen any of it no but that does seem like a very long pause (laughs) Yes. I watched a few episodes of the first season. I struggled with it a bit. I found it a bit dull, I'm sorry to say. But, you know, there are a lot of fans of it out there and uh, there are fans of the books and stuff. So I might go back and now the second season, you know, we know when the second season is coming out. I might go back and have another try at the first season again. But uh, yeah, I I really couldn't get into it at the time. But uh, that's January 2021. That is landing. Just announced this morning, they've said that a remake 
remake of All Creatures Great and Small, or rather a new version of All Creatures Great and Small, because they are based on books, is coming this autumn to Channel 5. If you want to go and watch that, I used to watch that show as a kid. <laughs> so Yeah, that, that's just given me a bit of a nostalgic blast to the past there. Yes, there is a new version of All Creatures Great and Small based on the original novels. That is coming to Channel 5 in the autumn, apparently. Power Book 2 Ghost, they've announced that that is coming to Stars Play UK on Sunday the 6th of September that will be arriving. They've also announced that I'm a Celebrity will be returning for its 20th season in 2020. We don't know exactly when yet, although traditionally it airs in November. However, they are shooting it in the UK, not Australia, because of all the travel restrictions. They decided it was too difficult. Well, it's warm enough here now. So, <laughs> Well, at the moment, I'm not sure whether the middle of November it's going to be. I mean, if that's when they end I up doing know. it. <laughs> so, uh, well, I'm optimistic. <laughs> so, uh, yes, they're shooting it in a ruined castle, apparently, in the middle of the countryside somewhere. Which ruined castle, we don't know, but they are shooting it in a ruined castle. Less snakes and spiders, more angry badgers and frostbite, possibly. But we'll see. Badgers are pretty terrifying. Yes, they can be. They're pretty nasty sometimes. And uh, A League of Their Own, the Sky One comedy series, that is coming back on the 20th of August with Ramesh Ranganathan, Jamie Redknapp and Freddie Frilintoff hosting. Ramesh is doing most of the hosting. Jamie's doing one and Freddie's doing one. That's because James Corden, who usually hosts it, is stuck in the US due to the pandemic. But that is returning 20th of August and that's A League of Their Own. Sticking with A League of Their Own, although a very different type, uh, over on Amazon, they have announced a League of Their Own movie, not based on the panel show, but based on the original film that the panel show got its name from, which is the 1992 movie A League of Their Own by Penny Marshall, which was about female baseball. So they've announced that they are doing a TV series that is based around that. It's a reinterpretation of A League of Their Own, set to invoke the joyful spirit of the beloved classic, whilst widening the lens to tell the story of an entire generation of women who dreamed of playing professional baseball. The show will take a deeper look at race, sexuality, following the journey of a whole new ensemble of characters as they carve their own path towards the field of both the league in and in out of it. It comes from Sony Pictures Television. It's exec produced by Abby Jacobson, who you might know from Broad City, who's also going to star in it, and Will Graham, who worked on Mozart in the Jungle. One of the things I liked about this was the rest of the cast, because it's got Darcy Carden in there, who you will know for, as Janet from The Good Place. There's a whole bunch of other people in there as well, but uh, I I thought this sounded like it was quite good. I do vaguely remember the movie. I haven't seen it in a very, very long time. I don't know whether that's one you ever watched. I, I'm trying to, to nicely form a phrase that just says, I basically will fall asleep if it's about baseball. <laughs> <laughs> because I don't want to sound like I'm putting down anyone who very much enjoys the sport no. or anything like that, but it just it serves no interest to me whatsoever. It's Which, not, and if that's yeah. the core thing tying things together that it's going to be something that I just will find difficulty watching whereas something looking at women taking on an industry that's traditionally seen as male like Glow which is about wrestling yes then win <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not I'm not convinced it's one that, the, that I'll yeah. watch just because it's just not an area that appeals to me at all I generally don't do sports movies particularly and I think I have seen this but it was a very very long time ago I know it is beloved by quite a lot of people but um, yeah, yeah that, uh, it's interesting Amazon are making a series out of it anyway it's just going to get very confusing because we now have two shows called The League of Their Own where one got the name from the other bizarrely but <laughs> anyway so there is that coming it's coming to Amazon we don't know when yet one of the other big news stories this week although we don't know whether this is going to have an effect in the UK or not Disney did an earnings call this is when they get onto the press and investors and basically say how much money they have and haven't earned and what they're going to do for the yeah. Yes, spoiler alert, it's a lot. lot a lot of money. <laughs> so slightly less than, than a, a squillions that they were usually make due to the pandemic, but still pretty much a lot of money. One of the little bits of information that dropped out of that, which may or may not have impact in the UK, is that they are launching a 
international streaming service under the Star brand. He didn't actually say where it would launch, though. He just said it was launching internationally, so it may or may not come to the UK. If you're wondering what the Star brand is, it was something that Disney acquired as part of the Fox deal. It's not particularly well known in the UK. It is well known in other parts of the world, particularly Indian and Asian territories. One of the main networks out, particularly in Asia. So although it's not well known here, there is a big part of the world that do know it very well. The new service is being set up as a depository for those shows which are deemed too adult for Disney+. Plus. So you've got content coming from ABC, FX, Freeform, Searchlight, 20th Century Studios, those places does bring up the question, why not use the Hulu brand? Because there have been rumours of them launching Hulu internationally. Bob Chappick, who is the CEO of Disney at the moment, uh, has gone on saying they're not making any investment in Hulu internationally. So it sounds like the long-rumoured international version of Hulu isn't happening, but they're launching this star brand thing instead. He did explain there was a couple of reasons for this. One of the reasons is Hulu in the US aggregates third-party content. It basically acts as a sort of catch-up catch-all. It's kind of like iPlayer and ITV Hub and all the other things rolled into one and they act as a catch-up system for like a lot of the other networks. It wouldn't be doing that internationally because it wouldn't have the rights to it. So that's the one thing why he thought it wasn't appropriate. He did then weirdly go on to say there is no brand awareness of Hulu outside of the US, which is very strange because I would say in a lot of parts of the world, there's even less awareness of Star outside of the US. So that was his justification for it. I mean, fair enough. They can, they're Disney. They can call their networks whatever they like. I mean, I, I don't know. We'll see whether it actually lands here. It does sort of makes sense them having two streaming networks, one which is Disney branded and very much for family friendly Disney stuff and one that is somewhere international they can dump all their other things onto now they've got all this extra stuff from Fox Do you want another streaming service? I wish I could afford all the streaming <laughs> services but I think it, from a business perspective it definitely does make sense. They've got a bunch of content and it would be foolish of them to not provide that content to their audience yeah it's either they put it under their own one or they ship it out to existing ones in order to broadcast but with disney making disney plus and wanting to pull things more in-house this is the obvious next step for them is to pull everything else in-house and yeah having it under a different label just seems like the obvious way to go because they wish to preserve the disney services being just for disney things and as you say just for being family friendly so Mm. yeah i think it is a very obvious step i'd be interested to know if this will pull anything else off other streaming services because obviously with disney plus being set up some things that would have possibly been broadcast elsewhere were pulled back just into the disney house so Mm. i'd be interested to know what effect this has on the other streaming services well yeah and it's not just other streaming services i mean sky as well if you think of the abc content i mean that's things like the rookie Grey's anatomy station 19 are all abc shows there's quite a lot of that sort of stuff this is the thing that makes me wonder whether it is going to launch in the uk or not because they also have an overall deal with fx as well on the bbc so the bbc currently has a deal for all the fx content they could just have those things being broadcast first there yeah and then after so and then a delay in then they end up on that repository when they're you know six months old or something i think there's ways they could launch it here and still maintain those deals even if they had to tweak them i'd rather that than they just pull all of their content yeah i would prefer that as well and monetary wise for them it possibly makes more sense to do it that way this is the issue in that the disney channels are coming off or have already come off all the sky virgin and bt satellite and cable networks disney channels are coming off those as we mentioned a few weeks ago and this seems to be potentially a continuation of that because if they have a service which they can use to get to the audience directly you don't necessarily need Sky or Virgin or any of the others. So it means that they can ask a premium for those shows because otherwise they can stick them onto their own streaming service. So there is a certain amount of leverage that doesn't necessarily mean that if this does launch, and I stress if because we don't know yet, but if this does launch in the UK, it basically puts them in a solid position to be able to charge a premium to Sky for some of their shows if Sky want to air them first. 
first. So we'll see what actually happens with that. But it, that could be quite a seismic shift if that is the case. It'll be interesting to see whether some of the other big US networks do the same thing because you've got Warner Brothers as well, which is you know HBO Max and all the Warner Brothers stuff. And then you've got CBS Viacom. So you may find that they each start their own streaming, international streaming services, which I don't know where that leaves the UK channels. In all honesty, if that is the case, but we'll see. So yeah, as I say, don't know whether that's going to launch in the UK, but it's a streaming service called Star. He has announced their intention to launch it. I mean, he says 2021. We don't know when in 2021. It is going to be using the same technology that they use for Disney+. Plus. So it means that the platform is essentially built. They've just got to rebrand it and fill it with content. So it may come out fairly quickly in 2021. We just don't know at the moment and we don't know where. So we'll have to wait and see. Moving on to the next story, uh, Tim Downey and Adam Perlman have landed a director series order for a new detective drama on Apple TV. This sounded like it could be quite interesting. Team Downey is, of course, Robert Downey Jr. and Susan Downey's company. They recently did Perry Mason. After the success of that, they've now got this new series, which is, I think sounds like it's going to be a limited series. It's coming to Apple TV+. Plus. It's based on an article called The Sting, which was written for the Toronto Life. Story follows a frustrated Canadian detective who takes on a decade-old cold case and the hopes of winning a confession and becoming a hero. However, the case quickly spirals out of control when the undercover cop attempts an elaborate sting, adding play-acting cops, taxpayer resources, and unexpected friendship with a particular target. You can actually find the article online. I've avoided reading it because I don't want to be spoiled for when they come out with this dramatised version of it. But Adam Perlman is the person who writes the script and he's going to be exec producing it. Adam Perlman's worked on things like Billions, the new room and the good wife so he's a very very high quality decent writer i'm really intrigued to see this because it sounds like it could be quite a fun entertaining off the wall detective thing definitely it's got some potential to go off in a few left field directions with that one rather than just follow the kind of formulaic things that you expect from something in that category yes it also might bring robert downey jr onto our tv screens as well because he's not going to take a lead role in it but he is saying that they may take a supporting role on the show which was sort of the plan for Perry Mason he originally planned to play Perry Mason not on a TV show but in a movie when he bought the rights for that and then it got turned into a TV show and then he didn't want to do the kind of lead for the entire TV thing so it'd be interesting to see whether he does take on a supporting role on uh, on screen mm. but it'd be nice to see him back as well post Definitely. something other than Dr. Doolittle which was the other thing he did recently <laughs> <laughs> um, and lastly Comedy Central US have ordered a Ren and Stimpy reboot I don't like the idea of a reboot of this but uh, originally created by John Chris Faluski for Nickelodeon. The series, if you don't know, Ren and Stimpy follows the adventures of Ren, an emotionally unstable chihuahua, and Stimpy, a good-natured yet dim-witted cat. I like how that description really doesn't describe it at all. <laughs> no, I know. That's technically correct, but does not describe the show at all. Uh, it originally ran in the early 90s. What would you, be your description of this series? A zany, off-the-wall cartoon which takes the exaggerated violence and imagery of things like Tom and Jerry, but aims it squarely at people over 18 yes. who like very dark, rude humour. I kind of can't believe that this went out as a kids' show on Nickelodeon, if you go back and look at it now. It just, yeah, it, it, <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't think it would now. I think somebody no. wasn't paying attention. I think that description you read of what it's about is what is how what they, they it. gave yeah. them. Yeah, that's what they gave them. And then the person just went, that sounds a bit boring. I'd stick it out. We've got we've got a gap in the schedule. And um, by the time they actually saw what it was they had put on the TV, it was too late. Yes. It ran for 52 episodes originally. There is a reason why it is coming to Comedy Central. I think not Nickelodeon this time around. <laughs> because I think, I think people... that's for the best. <laughs> yeah, I think that probably is for the best. Uh, it also means that it might actually be vaguely in line with things like the, the original 
as yeah. well. If it was on Nickelodeon now, yeah, she I would assume get away with it was it. actually not remotely like Ren and Stimpy and people would be very unhappy. The fact it's going to Comedy Central, I think, means that there's more of a chance it will be something that fans of the original would be interested in. Yes. I enjoyed Ren and Stimpy when it was out before. It's a very, very odd show. It reminds me of University because that's when I used to watch it. Very, very strange, just bizarre animated series. Comedy Central are leaning fairly heavily into the animated stuff at the moment because they've announced a new Beavis and Butthead series, which they've, I think they ordered two seasons and a couple of other bits and pieces of that. They've also announced a Daria spin-off called Jody, which is based on Jody Langdon, Daria's best friend at Lawndale High, and uh, it picks up her character graduating from college and entering a complicated world. It's voiced by Blackish's Tracy Ellis Ross. I know you were a yeah. big Daria fan, weren't you? Oh, yeah, this was originally, I think this was originally floating around as a reboot series right. where Jodie was going to be more prominent in it and then it sort of evolved on from there which I think is probably a good thing mm. because the what I was hearing for the, the reboot of Daria when it was being pitched that way just didn't sound like it would work very well at all and also Daria so much about what's going on at the time and mm. it's such a iconic thing that I think this direction is more likely to resonate with people than what I was hearing floating around before. Yeah, I don't remember Daria that much. I, I remember seeing a few episodes of it, but I, I don't remember oh, it as a, as a series. Out. I know, and I'm not sure why. And it's difficult I, to watch now because all the DVD versions and things you can get, they've had to change loads of the soundtracks. They didn't have the licensing for the tunes, and uh, some of the tunes were quite integral. And because a lot of it was commenting on things happening at the time you'll be viewing it now with sort of nostalgic glasses which is a slightly different experience to viewing it when it was relating to things directly happening yeah in that year yeah I would still recommend watching it it is very very funny and um, as someone who is not a fan particularly of things like Ren and Stimpy and Beavis and Butthead immediately ducks because people are now throwing things at their <laughs> podcast playing devices Daria was just a spin-off from Beavis and Butthead originally and grew into something completely different mm. and just just well thought out writing for so much of it I, I can't think off the top of my head of any point where I think it completely failed you should watch it you should watch it just bear in mind that it's quite difficult to get hold of it with the original soundtrack in places but it's definitely worth a watch I will go and have a look um, I mean Comedy Central leaning quite heavily into the animation at the moment obviously because it's stuff you can produce yeah. without having to sort of risk a bunch of actors being together in the same room so uh, yes it seems like a good idea to me interesting to see what else what other 90s cartoon series could you revive at this point I'm waiting for like people to start pointing their wallets at remaking some of the classic like other MTV things like are we going to see more of things like The Max and Aeon Flux and yeah. you know these kind of things or were those just actually too dark <laughs> um for anyone to pick up again but there was there's a load of other things they could I don't know if they should but it's not really about whether they should it's about whether or not they, um, they can and I, I will reserve judgment on all of these things although you know my, my instinct tends to go like stop don't, don't remake the thing I like, I like that's my thing don't remake the thing that doesn't mean that making more of it especially if they are looking more like I'm I'm pleased to see like the you know the Jody thing picking up the character going off a different direction so making more of something I'm usually fine with it's just when they sometimes with the reimagining with the animated things they take the punch out of them yes it's going to be interesting to see how they handle mm. all this sort of stuff when they come back and if they work but uh, you can tell you're getting old when they start mining your own childhood for stuff <laughs> I mean sometimes it works there are a million different series of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles that is true yes and most of those are good yeah there's been the odd one where I'm not a fan of it but most of those were good sometimes you see things like the, the prequel Thundercats animated series that was amazing we're ignoring Thundercats Raw um, <laughs> so it can it can be done but it is normally where they are doing something slightly different with it I haven't seen all of the the She-Ra series that was on Netflix but a lot of people really pray that one as well I watched a few episodes and found it a little bit weird with the writing and tone and didn't really pursue it but people are saying that I should so I think it's just as long as people are doing something slightly slightly different moving something on doing yeah. prequels doing sequels rather than just we bought this really good logo that's covered in nostalgia and wish to turn it into money and I think you can kind of spot where that's 
happening. There was another version of the Powerpuff Girls. Right. They just made it actually a children's cartoon. Right. Okay. Yeah. And it was a bit weird in places and just didn't quite work. And there was none of the the magic, despite the fact it had the same characters, it looked pretty similar and things. There just wasn't Mm. any of that kind of spark compared to that original series that was just so iconic. Yeah. There's there's a few things coming out, like a couple of new He-Man things coming out to go along with the She-Ra stuff as well, which looked quite interesting. Kevin Smith writing the... Uh, Kevin Smith writing one of them yeah there are two series coming out one of them one of them is Kevin Smith which I think is an anime series and then there's another Mm -hmm. one as well which is a sort of more standard series so going to be interesting to see what pops up as I say animation seems to be quite popular at the moment I think because of the fact that you don't have to stick people in a room to do it well it gives you also a massive amount of creative freedom like it's much easier to do a a He-Man series that works in animation than it is to do it with actors yes um, because trying to avoid it it is based on the source material as well if, you don't, if you're not wanting to make something that's like effectively Xena yeah. Hercules that you, is you're going to have difficulty with it if you want any serious aspects at all probably easier to do that in animation yes be interesting to see that coming up as well that's all the news for this week now we have some highlights for next week on TV <laughs> Highlights for next week. We have Dirty John Season 2 that is returning the anthology series. Uh, Christian Slater, I think, stars in the second season of this. That's on the 14th of August on Netflix for Season 2 of Dirty John. Teenage Bounty Hunters, that's starting on the 14th of August on Netflix as well. There is a trailer for this which I posted. Two 16-year-old girls as fraternal twin sisters team up with their veteran bounty hunter Bowser Jenkins for an over-the-top adventure. That's the sort of setup for it. It does look quite funny. Very much it's sort of tea drama, but it looks like a very funny, quite gory tea drama. So I, I think that might be worth a watch. We're Here, which is a new drag queen series that's starting on the 14th of August at 9pm as well. Follows three drag queens as they travel small town America to recruit residents to participate in a one-night-only drag show. <laughs> so that could be quite fun. Uh, that's the 14th of August. August on Sky One and called We're Here. Good Trouble Season 1 and 2, that's the spin-off from The Fosters, which hasn't aired over here, but I don't think that's a problem. I don't think you need to have seen The Fosters for this to work. Follows two sisters as they move to LA and begin their young lives as young adults. That's coming to BBC Three on the 16th of August. That's Good Trouble Seasons 1 and 2. Season 2 of AP Bio, that returns to the 17th of August to Sky Comedy at 9.30. And Lovecraft Country, this starts on Sky Atlantic on the 17th of August at 2am because it's simulcasting with the US and then repeated at 9pm as well, which is the adaptation by the people behind Bad Robot and Jordan Peele. This is an adaptation of a horror fantasy novel by Matt Ruff. That looks like it could be quite good if you like your dark horror things. And that's Lovecraft Country coming to Sky Atlantic on the 17th of August at 2am. And that's everything for this week, unless you've got anything else you want to mention. No, just uh, everybody use lots of sun cream, (laughs) complain about the weather a lot, drink lots of tea. And if you wish to laugh at me screaming in terror, hiding in a room, then uh, pop by the Twitch channel on Saturdays for more (laughs) alien isolation, because I've missed a week and um, it's going to be made up for next week with extra jumps. I'm sure it will be. So uh, where can people find you if they want to go and watch and find you jump out of your skin, uh, aliens? I'm Trista Bites on on absolutely everything facebook twitter instagram twitch and youtube so yeah you may you, I, I don't know what's gonna have i may either melt in the heat or i may just end up hiding in a cupboard from an from an alien or i may just spend a lot of my time being a horrible goose my life is very <laughs> surreal at this point of time and if anyone would like to join to, to watch that unravel <laughs> you are very much welcome that's trista bites bites with a y rather than an i because you thought a pun I would thought be funnier. I was funny yes yeah. Uh, so along with Bex you can go and find Matt over on entertainmenttalk.org for a lot more podcasts over there for us of course you can go to geektown.co.uk throughout the week 
people see all the latest air date information. If you want to get in touch with your questions and comments, email us on podcast at geektown.co.uk. Leave a message on the website post. Find us at Geektown on Twitter, on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Geektown, on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash Geektown, and on Instagram at Geektown UK. That is everything. If you're going out, make sure you wear a mask, enjoy the sun, and we shall see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.